Seltzer Kings Podcasts. Hey, are you into werewolves, mad sciences, and a little bit of witchcraft? Then stay tuned for an all-new episode of Watch Corner. We're riding this train straight into the sun. Woo! Tune in to a classic episode of Watts Corner on the Seltzer Kings Network. Available on all podcast platforms. Now, Gavin, tell Javanka that I will not be chief of staff. Ass. The following podcast contains... Ah! What the f*** did you do that for? Hey! That was... Don't swear. What are we? Werewolves, not swearwolves. Explicit language. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When you ask the Google CEO about your iPhone... What the hell were you thinking? I'm your host, Dave Bledsoe, and this is a Friday, December 14th, 2018. Every step you take, every move you make edition of the show, where we talk about why your phone says Gesundheit when you sneeze. Stay tuned. The What the Hell Are You Thinking podcast is brought to you by Facebook's The One Ring, the phone app to rule them all. Are you constantly seeking a different app for different things, calendar, email, dominating the minds of weaker beings? Why download a whole bunch of different apps when you can use Facebook's The One Ring? This master app controls all your other apps and even apps on other phones. Simply slip Facebook's The One Ring onto your phone and be aware of things unseen. Know the minds of other app users and subvert the will to your own pursuits in total dominance and power. From the shadows of Menlo Park to the canyons of Silicon Alley in New York City, when it comes to apps for your phone, Facebook's The One Ring is the one app to find your data, the one app to bind you, the one app to bring you, and under Facebook, bind you. Use the promo code... And get 10% you're off your first Nazgul. If it wasn't already obvious from the fact that they called a hearing in the first place that the Congress people on the House Judiciary Committee really don't know how the Internet works, let alone how search engines work, it was made quite clear today by the questioning of the CEO of Google. I googled American Health Care Act and virtually every article was an attack on our bill. Article after article alleging that our bill would result in millions and millions of people losing the great care that they were supposedly getting under Obamacare. I have a seven-year-old granddaughter who picked up her phone before the election and she's playing a little game, kind of game a kid would play, and up on there pops a picture of her grandfather. How does that show up on a seven-year-old's iPhone who's playing a kid's game. Congressman, uh, iPhone is made by a different company. Right now, if you Google the word idiot (laughs) under images, a picture of Donald Trump comes up. I just did that. How would that happen? My chief of staff went on, she told me, uh, every night for two weeks and put proper, honest information in with proper annotations and Wikipedia's liberal editors around the world would knock it out every day and instead put up a bunch of garbage. Let me just conclude here by stating the obvious. If you want positive search results, do positive things. If you don't want negative search results, don't do negative things. About once a month, Google sends me this email showing exactly where I was over the preceding 30 days based on the location of my phone. The first time they did this, I was shocked and horrified that my phone had collected all this information on me. But then I realized 
that it was kind of useful. I mean, it, it totally filled in some gaps for me that were kind of a blackout, if you know what I mean. Listen, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. I love Jesus, but I drink a little. I don't always know where I am, how I got there, or what I did while I was there. And on a related note, apparently I need to issue an apology to the Feingold family of Wontog on uh, Long Island for the incident at Brian's Bar Mitzvah. Again, sorry about the incident in the coat closet. I had no idea Aunt Eileen was married. Sorry about the fracas when Uncle Lou opened the door. And I hope that Aunt Eileen's hip recovers from surgery well. For most of my life, protecting my privacy wasn't really an issue. As a kid in the 70s and 80s, no one knew where much cared where we went or where what we did, so long as we were home in time for supper. Indeed, my parents would frequently say such thing as, uh, Away! Get lost, kid! Which only seems harsh to modern years. They in no way wanted us to get lost. What they wanted us was for us to fuck off somewhere so they could have just a second of goddamn peace in this house, all right? That's according to my parents, anyway. So we wandered freely hither and yon, frequently disappearing from sight and thought for hours. A device to track our whereabouts might have been useful for our parents, pre-smartphones, but the technology was prohibitively large and expensive. Although, I do get kind of a kick of the idea of us kids wandering around with on our bikes with large radio tracking collars like we put on bears. That's pretty entertaining. The Radio Shack Tandy Tracker 5500 always know where your kids are. And to be honest, as I grew older, clearly my need for privacy grew as well. But I usually found that a locked bathroom door sufficed for the very brief period required to uh, exercise my privacy. What are you doing in there? None of your business! It's funny now, but in the early days of the internet, one of the biggest draws to the new technology was anonymity. For the first four years on the information superhighway, I used to sit in it for everything. I had a slew of anonymous email addresses to sign up for things, and I posted under a nom de plume in order to avoid people knowing my real name. Something about this sounds really suspicious. It really wasn't. Everyone was doing it. On the web, you didn't need to be boring old you. You could be anyone or anything. Of course, one of the drawbacks was that a hot 20-year-old co-ed named Lisa that you'd been having cyber sex with in the chat attic could very well be a 43-year-old gym teacher named Earl. But you know what? Those were the times. The technology to divine who really was who on the internet existed to be sure. IP addresses could be traced. ISP accounts needed a real name and real money to be procured. Anyone who cared enough could find out who you really were. But no one cared that much. Why should they? This internet thing, I mean, honestly, how big of a deal is it going to be? You heard me. Technology is a fad. And who's going to waste their precious time fucking around on Yahoo trying to find some shit you said five years ago on a Soundgarden message board? It really wasn't until eBay and Amazon found a way to monetize the internet that people began being themselves online. I mean, yeah. 
kind of had to as credit card companies are loath to issue a card to Mother Trucker 76 at AOL.com. By the dawn of the 21st century, people largely began using some variation of their own name and their email addresses, began leaving digital footprints across the web, and those footprints, friends, are forever. Nothing ever goes away on the internet. You mean, uh, yes. Somewhere out there right now, there's a lurid slash fic you wrote in 1998 on fanfiction.org about Mulder, the cigarette smoking man, and all four members of the smoking gunman having just a nasty orgy. You remember it. I've read it. It took a massive step forward in technology for our actions on the internet to have actual consequences, IRL. And that technology came in the form of the second most popular thing to do on the internet. Now, naturally, the first most popular thing to do on the internet is uh, pornography. But the second is the one that got us all in trouble. Most of us head out to a music store to buy CDs, but not Mike Chessworth. I've been using Napster for about a year. He goes to Napster.com to get all the music he wants, and he doesn't pay for it. Everyone was on Napster, and we were all pirating, pillaging, looting, and stealing every scrap of music we could get our hands on. To this day, my MP3 collection consists primarily of a... Nothing but legal rips of purchased music completely and in toto. Because the recording industry artist of America started suing. Not just the software creators, but regular jackholes on the internet for stealing music. In 2004, a 12-year-old girl was sued. From a CNN article, quote, Brianna Lahars agreed Tuesday to pay $2,000 or about $2 per song she allegedly shared, quote, saying, quote, I'm sorry for what I've done, Lahara said. I love music and I don't want to hurt the artist I love, unquote. The suit claimed that Lahara had been offered more than 1,000 songs on the units in the Kazaa file sharing service, unquote. In 2003, they sued a Boston University student for file sharing and he was hit with a $675,000 judgment. And a Minneapolis woman was fined in 2010 $1.5 million for violating the copyright of 24 songs she shared online. Isn't that a bit harsh, Your Honor? No! That woke us up to the reality that we could be found on the internet, and pretty easily, and online privacy, instead of piracy, became a thing. At the same time, however, we began voluntarily fessing up more and more of our personal data to internet companies for free and without much thought to doing so. Internet 2.0 I remember that. I, re I remember hearing about that when I was a kid. Came along and suddenly we're not just the consumers, we were also the creators. We went from passively taking in the product to becoming the product. Suddenly everyone was a brand and everyone wanted to be viral and for that to happen, you needed social media and social media needed to know everything about you, including the results of your latest colonoscopy. If you weren't one of the five Americans not seeking viral fame, no worries, they still have a way to get your deets, you merely exchange them for a free product. Love your Gmail? I mean, who doesn't? Well, if you don't want to pay for it, and no one does, we're going to need to tell us a lot more about your life. Where you live, where you shop, where you work, and how many times you and your spouse doink each week. Trust us, we're from the internet. And you know what? We did. By 2012, Americans and the rest of the world, of our own free will, allowed massive corporations to come snort up our personal information like a banker snorting blow off a stripper's ass. Go ahead. 
jump over your Google account and take a look at what Google knows about you. They fucking know everything. So does Facebook, Amazon, your cable provider, your cell phone company, and for some reason, Levon, the guy who sells cartoon balloons in town. They spend incredible amounts of time and effort to get to know everything about you so they can either sell you things or sell you to people who want to sell you things. Shit, Facebook sold our entire country to the Russians and Donald Trump, and they want you to know that they are really sorry about that, but not sorry enough to actually change. What do you think I meant by, I'm sorry, I'm not sorry? And people are fine with this, because it keeps the shit they like on the internet free. But at some point in time, doesn't it start to get a little creepy? I mean, Google knows everywhere my phone is all the time. And by proxy, they know everywhere I am all the time. They say they will keep it private, you know, just between you and me. But what about if Uncle Lou shows up with a court order to release my location data and to see all those other times I accidentally bumped into Aunt Eileen? You are a filthy whore. And it's not just vague locations. They know where my desk is at in the building that I work. And I am actually pretty strict about what my phone can and cannot do about who's getting my information free because I may be a whore, but I'm not a cheap one. Most people, however, are not only cheap, they're also very easy. The New York Times did a big article early this week on how easy it was to purchase location data from phone apps and then use that data to quickly trace it back to a specific person. From the article, quote, At least 75 companies receive anonymous precise location data from apps whose user enable the function location services to get local news and weather or other information. The Times found these companies sell or use or analyze the data to cater to advertisers, retail outlets, and even hedge funds seeking insights into consumer behavior. It's a hot market with sales of location targeting advertising reaches an estimated 21 billion dollars this year jails schools a military base a nuclear power plant even crime scenes appeared in the data set the times reviewed one person perhaps a detective arrived at the site of a late night homicide in manhattan then spent time at a nearby hospital returning repeatedly to the local police station two location firms fiscal and SafeGraph, map people attending the 2017 presidential inauguration on fiscal's map a bright yet red box near the capitol steps indicated the general location of President Trump and those around him, cell phones pinging away, unquote. And it's not just you, it's your kids. <laughs> the Times was able to track a child from their home to their school and right to their exact classroom based entirely on anonymized data. Oh, won't somebody please think of the children? Trust me, they have, and they factored it into a line item on a profit statement spreadsheet because knowing your market from childhood is huge fucking money. Also, say you're a fairly rich or famous person. This makes it pretty damn easy to target you and your kids in case someone wants to do bad things in the John Lennon or John Bonet Ramsey kind of way, except, you know, her parents killed her. All they need is to purchase a chunk of data for the relative location of your home and then do the work and soon enough they know exactly where you are all the time. There's even software that will do it for them. Trust me, you can Google it. This leaves a lot of people asking. What can we do? Is there any way to stop it? 
Well, Willow, short of black magic, the answer is no. From an article, April article from Time.com, which actually collected all sorts of information about me as I read it, quote, When asked what people can do to prevent their data from being harvested without their direct knowledge, security technologist Bruce Shiner's answer was chillingly straightforward, quote, You can't do anything. That's the fundamental problem with this, unquote. And he said he's not the only one. Money talked to a handful of cybersecurity experts, and all of them agreed that people have little to no power over their personal information once it's in the hand of a third party. Wow, I didn't expect that at all. <laughs> Welcome to the future. But actually, you know what? I- I'm being, like, overly negative here. There is a way that you, as a consumer could opt out from most forms of your personal data being collected, all it requires is simply the willingness to unplug from modern society. First thing that has to go is your smartphone. It's the number one data collection tool in the arsenal of the life harvesters. Get yourself a burner phone paid for with a prepaid card that does nothing but make phone calls and maybe send an SMS text. Even this still leaves you open to some forms of data collection, but no one outside the government is going to bother. Next of all, Kill all your social media accounts. No Facebook, no Twitter, no Insta, Finsta, Rinsta, no Snapchat, and definitely no. What's that? What's that? <laughs> you can't even use your old MySpace account. Amazon, gone, baby, gone. You best be ready to shop at the dollar store. Oh, and all those stores with discount cards? They gotta go too because they're nothing but data collection tools for the store. Data which they not only use themselves, but they sell to other companies. Speaking of buying stuff, Beck used to pay it in cash as your credit cards are collecting data and what you buy, where you buy it, when you bought it, and if you pop out to buy condoms at the 24-hour CVS, Visa knows that you're about to have sex. Lemon coitus. The beast with two backs. Yeah. Naturally, Google is gone. You best forget about finding anything on the internet ever again. Because fuck Bing. (laughs) Also, your email, YouTube, and online maps. Those are gone, too. Enjoy folding a fucking paper map, motherfuckers. And once you've eliminated all traces of the digital you... Pack your shit and head for your cabin in the woods, but don't take your car. The manufacturers gather data on where it goes and how long it's been there, and they sell it to people for money. I recommend you get yourself a sturdy, silent, and and air-gapped mule. A century ago, people lived largely unconnected with the world. A person could literally pack up, leave town, and start all over again in a new town with a different name and a different past, and no one would even think to question, not even the government. Our knowledge of the world was largely confined to books in the library and your local paper. There wasn't even a radio station in 1918. No one tracked you, no one intruded, and no one knew anything more about you than what you chose to share with them. It was a privacy lover's dream, except that everyone did kind of know everything about you. They knew you where you shopped, what kind of food you purchased, whether or not you and your wife were having troubles. They knew how much money you made and how you made it. They knew what your political leanings were, what religion you embraced, and whether or not you were an honest and decent person. They knew this because they were constantly collecting your data from your spouse, your kids, your friends, the boys at the saloon, your preacher. Dale, the dry goods store owner, would talk about how much you owed him for three months of store credit. And May Lou Goodwife happens to know 
that you've been stepping around to Miss Finnemore's place on the outskirts of town where those ladies were known to peddle their flesh. All of this information and more was accumulated by the greatest data harvesting operation in human history, the Global Organization of Source Shared Information Pool, better known by its acronym, GOSSIP. And you, since your world was your town or neighborhood, that knowledge truly was global. And you don't think for a second that that information didn't influence your finances, your job, your ability to <laughs> get a job, to buy a home or get a wife. Even who you mingled with socially was influenced by this information. I've got some bad news for you about the past. It wasn't anything like Hooterville. It's exactly the way it is now. All the internet did was make our worlds truly global. The underlying motivation is the same. Accumulate information and try to find a way to make it work for you. Whether it's social capital in the Baptist church or economic capital in creating a global information network funded by advertising dollars. Humans are social creatures and the currency of our society is information about each other. We are nosy, intrusive, annoying gossips and all the companies like Facebook and Google are, are highly efficient, incredibly, incredibly resourceful neighborhood spies. The only way to keep them out of your life is to not live in modern society. So if you really want to opt out, be prepared to live in a Ted Kaczynski shed and shit in a bucket for the rest of your life. Personally, I'll take a little spying. Now, this is not to say that we do not desperately need government regulation. These companies are awful, but the odds of getting that regulation are on par with us all moving out to the woods and shitting in a bucket, which means we are the ones who need to make the decision on how much information we are willing to share. We cannot completely control everything big data gets from us, but we can limit it without too much inconvenience. You don't need to be a tech nerd to do it either. You can just do it with a few taps on your phone and your desktop. In fact, you can choke off 80% of what Facebook collects on you with one simple, easy action. Delete the app from your phone. Facebook's phone app collect a horrendous amount of data that using the service through your phone's browser simply doesn't. Delete the app and you've already fucked Zuck and kicked him right in the nuts. And turn off location services on the apps that you don't, that don't fucking need it. Solitaire doesn't need to know where you are when you're fucking shuffling cards on the subway. Why are they even asking? Because they sell that shit. Go into the app section to deny permissions to all of your apps that doesn't need to know where you are, like your maps or your ride shares. And also, most of these apps can be further limited by not allowing them to know where you are if you're not using the app, like maps and ride share. Do you ever wonder why your phone battery is so shitty? Because all of these apps are you downloaded are constantly sending your data back to their servers even when you aren't using them. That data is to show where you are and what you are doing. And for fuck's sake, stop downloading these shady apps that come from who knows where. I see people's phone cram full of apps from East Fuckistan doing who knows what the fuck what is going on. Your phone literally comes with its own flashlight app. Do not download one. They are all full of spyware. God damn it. While you're at it, make sure your caps at your apps can't use your microphone or your camera. Why do they need your microphone and your camera? And they all ask for it, and you give it to them. You're fucking doing crochet patterns on this app that doesn't need your camera. We trade our personal information for convenience and services from to major internet companies. And to be honest with I'm kind of okay with the trade-off. Facebook is busy data harvesting me on every single second I'm on their shitty site. 
Yet I'm worth zero dollars to them. I ad block them viciously, and I would cut off my finger before I ever purchased a single item from Facebook and from a Facebook ad or from their shopping sites or anything. I won't even click an ad on Facebook if they do get through my ad blocking just out of spite. Hey, Zuck, I might be, I don't matter how cool that t-shirt with that 20-sided die is, I'm not going to buy it from you. You're an asshole. You sold out my country, you piece of shit. And also, I am definitely not in the market for a Ukrainian mail-order bride. Who is conducting the research? I don't know, but they seem to think that's what I'm looking for. Lastly, you can choose who gets access to your life and curate that access so they don't get to know as much about you or don't get to know the things you don't want them to know. It only takes a few minutes in account settings and it isn't hard. Go in, review your preferences and security settings and put boundaries on the data. I like Google, so I give them freer reign with my data than I would someone else like Amazon or definitely Facebook because Google already knows what kind of porn I like. And once you know that, I don't have any secrets left. It's unfortunate the price we are forced to pay for access to the 21st century is our personal information. The forefathers of the modern internet envisioned a world where data could move, could be free, that information would move seamlessly, and the sum of human knowledge would be available at the click of a mouse. Did they think this would cost our fundamental privacy? Many people say they didn't, but I'd also like to point out how many of those forefathers are now very, very, very rich because of the system that harvests our personal data. So you know what? You can be the judge for yourself. Would I prefer a regulated and controlled system with significant oversight by a neutral agency designed to limit the worst of the predatory instincts of Silicon Valley, where the consumers enjoyed robust protections and security, and that technology was designed to better the lives of all of humanity? Of course I would! Well, and while I'm at it, I would also like one-tenth of Jeff Bezos's fortune, a tabletop cold fusion reactor, an instant fix for climate change, and a fucking new generation of smartphones with a captain goddamn headphone jacks. I'm not going to get that because I live in this reality, and that's just the way things are going to be. So it rests with us to control what the companies know about us, just like it was back in the days of the pre-internet. We need to be responsible for what we're doing and who sees us doing it. We've already given the internet companies carte blanche to come into our lives and root around to see what they can find that might be worth some money. It's kind of like if we were a grandmother out there in real America when her junky grandkids come over to see what they can steal for drug money. We have to hide the stuff that we really don't want them to take and just let the rest go. This is why all of my slash fiction is written longhand in a journal and my dick pics are on Polaroids and hidden away underneath my bed because there are some things, some things, that just have to be private. Trust me on this. That is it for our show this week. We are coming hard into the holidays like a lonely teenager into his gym sock. That is so wrong on so many levels. I <laughs> that means many of us are heading home for the holidays. Right now, producer Gavin is packing his My Little Pony comics into a suitcase and getting ready to head back across the pond to see his mom. She must be really proud of you, buddy. <laughs> She's not. That also means I am about to have this trailer right here on Fast Eddie's used car lot in Howard Beach, Queens, all to myself for a couple of weeks. And that means just one thing. 
then I'm going to be too drunk to make new shows. So we're busy working on some new, if you haven't heard them before, content, including our big year in review show covering all the things that happened in 2018, so long as they happened and we talked about them on a show, because you have to be realistic about these things. Speaking of being realistic, you should rate and review this show wherever you get your pods, because no one should realistically be forced to suffer through this show alone, and spreading the pain around is the only way to lessen your suffering. All of my pontifications on privacy and Polaroid dick pics are on Twitter at the Hello underscore podcast, and you can find all of the shows of the show name on SoundCloud and at www.whatthehellpodcast.com. So for me, producer Dave, private eyes are watching you, Bledsoe. Producer, I always feel like somebody's watching me, Gavin. And all the fictional eyes in the sky on the show, we want to say... We'll be watching you, except on the toilet, because that's disgusting. We'll see you all next week. Can't you see you belong to me? I'm a fool on eggs. Every step you take, every move you make, every vow you make, every smile you fake, every flame you stake, I'll be watching you. I have no ending for this, so I take a small bow. Seltzer Kings Podcasts.